0: Oh. Denver Sports Station 1043 The oh. Band presents Matt Smith and Kyle
1: Reese. Are you standing up? Are you drunk this morning? Um, get no. drunk? No, no. Get oh, man. Maybe that's what the show should be called: Get Crunk with Matt and Kyle on Sunday morning. I think, I think, uh, I think we
0: stopped saying Crunk around 2007.
1: I'm bringing it back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coach Prime's bringing it back. That that's okay. really who's bringing it back. Goodness gracious! This, of course, is the theme song, Coach Prime's theme song for the CU football team this season. We're six days away from TCU, buddy. Is Coach Prime going to run out? You promised us now. I saw him come out for the kickoff luncheon, and he did a solid job getting from the hallway of the indoor practice facility to the stage. I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up for a whole game. I really don't. People don't understand just how tough of a battle that he's actually going through behind the scenes. When the camera's cut off, and, and yeah, you can see him limping around on camera, but when the camera's cut off, it is a grind. I feel for him. I really, really feel for him. Actually, in one of the videos the other day, Bishop Thomas, who's one of the defensive linemen who's been turning heads in practice, was giving him a hard time for his skin graft on his leg. And I'm like, what? "Relax, Bishop. Man. Yeah, he got like a full skin graft from his like knee down to his ankle, man. Just, a little too comfortable, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I look, man. He's been going through a grind, and and it is inspirational. He's been a good sport what about, unlike him? Vic Fangio's kidney stones. Stop! That was uh, that was all you, by the way, all you. I'm never gonna let you live that one down. I don't have to. You live being it down. inspired I'll down by Vic Fangio's that. kidney stones. <laughs> I'll double down on that. Talk to me in three years. All right. So week zero in college football kicked off yesterday, and it started in Dublin, Ireland. Have you ever been to Ireland? No, no. I was in Ireland pre-pandemic. I want to say 2018. Dublin. We we get to Dublin, and we had like. I want to say 4 hours before our ship was leaving, we took a cruise, started in Ireland. Okay. And so my dad and I went and got a cab and we said, "Look, just take us downtown Dublin. We're probably not going to make our way back here. We just want to walk around for a little while, check some things out." And the cab driver, the cab driver looked at us and we're and all we told him was, "Just don't take us to a bar. Like we're not just trying to get absolutely sloshed before the cruise starts. You know, we got family. It's not not that type of environment yet. Right. Obviously, yeah. there, there will be plenty of opportunity for that. But it was like eleven a.m. Uh. I understand when in Rome, but that just wasn't wasn't the vibe. <laughs> but that's what he did. He took, he took us right from just the what ship. We do he here. took us right from the ship. He took us down. He took us downtown Dublin, and he said, "He said, ah, oh, you can stop off here. You can have a pint. Then you'll stumble down to the next pub, and you'll have another. You have yourselves another pint." And we said, "No, no, we just okay. All right, all right, we'll, all right. We'll know, get maybe. out." And that was when we learned what there is to do in Ireland, that's and true. that's just get
0: drunk. Is it? Um, is it a
1: beautiful place? Is it? Uh, is it old Europe? Yeah, yeah. It feels very old, old okay. Europe. Um. I liked Ireland. I went to, we went, we went around to a bunch of different places in a travel show, but look, look, I, I enjoyed it. It's not my favorite place in the world. I'm not itching to get back, but to see a football game there yeah. would be really cool. And that was the whole point. Notre Dame played Navy yesterday to open the college football season. And Notre Dame this year is quarterbacked by, I think it's like Damn. sixth or seventh year Sam Hartman. He led Wake Forest all-time, you know every every passing record in Wake Forest book, and then he transferred to Notre Dame. On the broadcast, they were saying Sam Hartman, the starting the starting quarterback of Notre Dame, three years older than the Indianapolis Colts starting quarterback in Anthony Richardson this year. What are we doing, Sam? Three I mean, years he doesn't older. Have like. Two master's
0: degrees. What are we
1: doing, man? And they absolutely beat the brakes off of Navy, forty-two to three. It yeah. was fun to watch to kick off college football season, but it was not very fun after the first quarter. Beautiful backdrop. Like I, one thing I did notice was was stance, mm-hmm. Right, it, it felt like a it felt like a soccer game a little bit. Absolutely. Well, it was a soccer stadium, right? And then there wasn't. There were a couple games in the afternoon. Ohio played San Diego State, and then UTEP and Jacksonville State. Like you said, Rich Rod down Rich there. Rod. How's he doing, Rich Rod? He's coaching at Jacksonville State. <laughs> Rich, Rod, Rich Rod would always get so fired up on the sideline. you think he's about to have an aneurysm the way he's, his face just turned red. You don't um, talk about won't go away. <laughs> Rich Rod
0: won't yeah, go away. Yeah, man. Hey, when you coach, you coach, right? There was a time, man. Pat White, those guys, there was a
1: time. Hey, put some respect on Rich Rod's you better, name. You better. Innovator. Khalil Tate. I think we all remember that one around here. From terrorizing the bus, Oh, boss. wow, yeah. You remember the Khalil yeah, Tate yeah.
0: game? Arizona, man. That, we were talking Heisman for a hot second, then we stopped. We
1: stopped. Yeah, well, we stopped. CU over the last 20 years has made plenty of different players look like Heisman candidates, let me just say that. <laughs> uh, USC was in action last night, and Heisman winner from last season and the favorite to win this year and potential number one overall draft pick. Caleb Williams, who everybody thinks is the second coming. How, where are you at with Caleb Williams? USC wins 56-28 to 28 over San Jose State yesterday. His demeanor makes me nervous.
0: Um, and I would like to see a little bit mature. The athleticism is there, no doubt, right? Uh, good size, good arm strength. Obviously, he's working under uh, Lincoln Riley, who, who's got a ton of production from that position. But I, I, I feel like there's a tinge of immaturity in him. Mm-hmm. And that worries me a little bit.
1: I don't know what it is. I've watched a ton of Caleb Williams ball dating back to his freshman year at Oklahoma. I'm just not sold. And maybe I end up looking wrong on that one. I'm willing to take that. I don't know what it is. I just think he's missing something. And I can't really put my finger on it. But uh, some of his, and you know what, maybe you said immaturity. Maybe that's the right word. Because some of the plays he makes, man, they're just a little loose. Right, There's, he, he's just freewheeling it, maybe just a little, which isn't bad. I mean, obviously, people compare him to Mahomes, which I think is just asinine. I mean, please, can we stop making those type of comparisons in college? Anyway, USC wins fifty six twenty eight, and then the nightcap last night, Mike McIntyre's Florida International, former CU head coach Mike McIntyre's Florida International team, absolutely choked a game away at the buzzer to. Um, oh gosh, who did they play? Louisiana Tech last night, Coach Mac. Yeah, Coach Mac. Hey, you ever, you play, ever talk to him? What, after he left? At, at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I covered Coach Mac. I remember okay. the first press conference. I actually got along really well I with like Coach, Coach Mac. I really did, too. Yeah, On a personal Mack. level, I thought he was a really good guy. He's a good man. Yeah, he is a good man. Now, at the end, it kind of got a little toxic, but I don't know that that was... All his fault, but he certainly didn't help matters. Bringing the picture of the buffalo into the press conference when he held up that—you remember that picture? It made the it made the front page. He's holding up the framed photo of the buffalo in the Tuesday weekly press conference. This is a buffalo. You know what buffalos do? They head first into the storm. Yeah, you, you
0: listen. <laughs> that was like, oh
1: boy, we might be uh, might be don't stop on, believing time here on the CEO. way out,
0: Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right on the way out. But we are six days away. And before we get to see you, there's one thing I want them to hit. Did you happen to catch that starting in 2024, the Big Ten is going to release injury reports? I saw that. I saw that. Thank you for sending that over to me. Um,
0: listen, they know where the money's at. They know where the money's at. And I don't know if this is your introduction to college football and sports wagering, but what other purpose does that serve?
1: Oh, or the acceptance of it
0: absolutely
1: okay, but it was a denial of it in the first place okay. and college up until the last several seasons has been operating under the veil of quote unquote amateurism. And, and serious air quotes yeah. amateurism right and that's yeah. been that's been uh, just a total farce for its existence but especially lately and now we're in a situation where Realignment is in full effect. Regionality doesn't matter. It's a business more than it ever has been before. And absolutely gambling is a huge part of it. And if you're going to have this much money exchanging hands, you want to talk about the integrity of the game, you need injury reports. And I, I, I wonder how that all works out. I don't know if all conferences will end up adopting that. But it also was a huge step forward to what? To super conferences. That's a huge step forward because you're making it more like the NFL, making it more like a professional league, right? If you if you're telling me that HIPAA is no longer evol- involved here, right? Which is what colleges always at. we can't tell you HIPAA. We you know that's like well, all right, well, fine. You know I don't. Know. Does it matter? Uh, hit, hit, does it Does it matter? Anyway, right. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. It is a big step forward, and certainly gambling. Um, it, gambling has a lot to do with it the other thing so. the other quick college football note I want to mention before we uh before we have to take a time out here Jim Harbaugh is gonna end up serving a three- game suspension for those um <sighs> stupid I mean just the 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 the, dumb, the dumbest violations of of him being in the stadium while somebody was going on the Oh, Through a workout, one on one with a coach on the field, that was just really foolish. And then I think it was a lunch as well. He bought one of the kids. So I, I it's, the things that the NCAA chooses to to punish, and the ones punish. that it chooses to let go, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. So he's going to miss East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Oh <laughs> yeah, bummer. Definitely. Michigan's going to really struggle in that one. <laughs> I did probably
0: didn't feel like going to those games anyway. <laughs>
1: I thought I thought it was cool that he's going to. Yeah, he doesn't need to be at the second half of those games. I thought it was going to be cool that he's going to rotate three different coaches though for those first three games, just to give some of those guys an exp- some experience. I thought that was, that's a cool thing to do. And, and Coach Prime's doing a lot of the same, where he's giving his assistant coaches some spotlight and he's letting them share the shine a little bit, which a lot of coaches are afraid to do and will not do. So I give credit to those who do because it, it, it's. You're opening yourself up to losing potential coaches if if they turn out to be really good and, and catch our eye. That's huge for Sean Lewis, by the way. Oh, you, you better believe team. it. You better believe it. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to take a look at CU and TCU, and we're getting back to the Broncos in Game 3 of the preseason. 41 goose they shut out the L.A. Rams last night. It's Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Sports Station 104.3. The Fan Presents Matt Smith and Kyle Weeks. You
0: know and on me, everything.
1: a throwback. You don't hear too often. A, leave it up, Ty.
0: But if you think you're gonna get away from
1: me, what year do you think? If you had to put a year on this. I don't know off the top of my head. Got a yeah, zero on front of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, uh, early? Yeah, obviously. So what are we thinking? Like, four? This feels like, you're going to say four? All right. I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with O2. Okay. All right, let me see. Okay. So nice. What year? Kevin Lytle, Turn Me On. Oh too <laughs> Look at you, man. Look at that. I get you in Pick'Em and, and with musical trivia. By the way, if you haven't signed up for our King Super's fan football Pick'Em, please do so at denversports.com. You can look, you can have the opportunity, and it's a big one, to lose to me again this year. I am the defending champion, and every week, and starting in two weeks, We'll go through our picks for all these games and, and we'll make we'll make you some money this season. Good. Did you um man you ate good last year? I did. I did. <laughs> you? I did. Those King Supers gift cards, man, whew, They came in handy. They came in handy. Um, Everybody could did.
0: use a King Supers gift card. Uh, who doesn't need groceries?
1: Man. I just you start buying things at King Super's that you normally wouldn't buy. I think at King I got Super. a little spoiled. I think I got a little spoiled by the week, week to week winnings. You think because at the end of the year I won and I'm like, oh great, what's the grand prize? They're like, oh bragging rights. I'm like, but we were getting stuff week to week. I, I've been bragging the whole year. That's right, that's why, right. why do I
0: need bragging rights now? That's, that's Matter right. of fact, it's August of 23, and I can't stop bragging.
1: On the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043, we asked you guys, should Albert O make the 53-man roster? And, wow, I did not anticipate to be coming on the air this morning and asking that question. In fact, I don't know what a player could do in the preseason finale where you only play second and third teamers and the opponent only plays second and third teamers coming off of two joint practices earlier in the week. I don't know what a player could do to, to really make his case and say, look, I was off the roster before the game and now I'm on the roster after the game. I think we actually just saw it from Albert O. Seven catches on eight targets, 109 yards and touchdown. What more can you possibly do in a preseason game? Man, nothing. Because it's like, uh-huh. look, if you have 100 yards in a preseason game, you figure you had like an 80-yard touchdown, right? You figure that it's like, well, you got most of those yards in a preseason game off a big chunk play. Nah. He earned all of that. Moved the sticks. Many he, different he, times.
0: He earned every last piece of that 109 yards. I, I don't know that there's any more that you can ask for a guy that's on the bubble. You're, you can kind of see it on his yeah. face. You see, him, you see him in the postgame? No, I didn't. He, it, it was, he, he just looked angry. And he played that way.
1: Okay, good. Yeah, and I'm not mad at him for it. You know, at the end of the game, he got that unnecessary roughness penalty, that, that personal foul, 15 yards. And I thought to myself, you know what? You know what? We'll take a little unnecessary roughness from Albert o. That's yeah. a nice change of pace. A little, you that's know a nice what? change of pace. Hey, man, I'm not mad at him. <laughs> that, that's something that we can dial back. What you don't want to have to be as a coach is in the position of having to dial someone up. I'd always rather dial someone back than up.
0: I, I, I've got a great coaching saying from a buddy of mine. I'd rather... Tame a Mustang, then kick a mule.
1: Mm, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Here's a texter that says, we have to keep Albert O. Either we keep five tight ends, cut Manhurst, uh, cut Manhurst, or, or keep him in place of a six-wide receiver. Okay? So, someone clarifies for us that nemesis, there is no plural. It's just nemesis, which I'm, is good to know. It's I'm not nemesis. It it's dope that educators listen. I told you, 8 to 10 a.m. on the fan on Sunday mornings. You get a dose of education. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Good for you, bud. And,
0: and it's not the last time we're gonna need your help. So eight to ten, Sunday mornings,
1: we're here every week. Another texter. Albert O got a bad rap by Fangio because he's boys with Drew Locke, and we know it's we know that and it's all well documented that Fangio hated Drew. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that far. That was why he was drafted, right? Is because he was Locke's favorite target at Missouri. But it was also because he's 6'5", can run a 4'4", and he's built like a great God. And it's like those guys can normally do a little something in the blocking game. It was a bit of a surprise that he got in here and wasn't able to block. But he's getting better. He's getting better, certainly. I've seen some blocks over the last two weeks. I just have a hard time, I think, in my brain saying the last two weeks cover up for what we saw the last few seasons and actually believing that. Is that, is that, wrong, of, is
0: that wrong of me? Yeah, I got to. You got to determine who you are. It sounds like you're a case by case dude when it comes to turning the page,
1: right? I just need a little bit more of a sample size. I hear I think you. that, but but guess what? The Broncos don't have an opportunity for that. So you got to make that determination now. And based upon what's going on in the wide receiver room, who knows what the deal is with Jerry Judy? They talk about him being out several weeks. Is that you know missing the Raiders game? Is that missing the Raiders, Commanders, and the Dolphins? Where are we at there? And unfortunately for the Broncos, they're in the position where Mike Cliss on the broadcast last night, our 9 News Broncos insider, he was up there with Levy and Ryan Harris. And a quick shout out to 9 News, who I thought throughout the preseason did a very nice job with the broadcast. Cliss was saying um, specifically that Albert O, he didn't have him on his 53-man before the game. And after the game, he ends up having Albert O on the team.
0: If this dude is getting ready to turn the corner and you turn your back on him, Um, I don't know that it's up there with the Russell Wilson trade, but it's going to be something that you regret.
1: And he also mentioned that Jerry Judy is most likely going to avoid IR. And the way it works with injured reserve, if the Broncos just put a player on injured reserve prior to cut down day, that player has to miss the entire season. Okay? You're on IR the entire year. That's where Tim Patrick will be, right? That's where Jalen Virgil will be. But if you keep that player on the 53-man roster – and then the next day, put him on IR, at a minimum, he only has to miss four games. Right. So we could see that in several different spots for the Broncos. The other the other name that Cliff mentioned was K1 Williams, which surprised me because I know that we had seen him that first week of training camp and we hadn't seen him since, but I didn't realize it was that type of a situation. Did you? Where we were going to miss K1 Williams for a big chunk of the year? That's a problem for them. Yeah, it makes you wonder. I, I didn't get a whole lot of detail on the ankle
0: injury, but you remember a few years ago when Champ Bailey had the high ankle. A few years. Yeah. Jeez. A few years ago. <laughs> yeah. But but it set him down, right? <laughs> and, and he came back, tried to be effective, and, and he just and it and it wasn't. So you understand you know they need their wheels, man. And that might
1: open the door for a guy like Isang Bassey, right? I I I, yeah, I think I think he Bassey's in the room. You had told me over the last two weeks that the interceptions that Bassey had gotten were Gifts they were given to him. Yeah, but you go ahead. Last night he wasn't. took he took that one. Yeah, last instead night of wasn't. instead of a kid on Christmas, he was the Grinch that stole the presents last night because that was a great play to read the quarterback's eyes. Right, he's in zone coverage there. Drops back and and picks off his third pass of this preseason. I'll I'll be interested to see because I think he's done enough to make this team. But with Judy, what the situation that presents itself, Kyle, is you now have probably five more receivers to add you've got Judy who's not going to play but you're not going to put him on IR so he still counts so outside of Jerry Judy you probably have to have five receivers make this team right you probably go with Corlin Sutton Brandon Johnson Lil Jordan Humphrey Marvin Mims and we don't know because I don't believe that anyone stepped up and took claim over that final fifth wide receiver spot do you no Honestly, I'm going to
0: take that back. I do. I think Albert O did. And if he can be a guy that you can line up in a slot, you can use him similar to how you use Jimmy Graham, I I think he can present a ton of matchup problems in in defensive secondary. So I think that is, and it doesn't have to be a long-term solution. Remember, I think that is a temporary solution. I I think I saw a few texts uh, uh, agreeing with that.
1: Yeah. Someone else says, uh, re-Albert O, it was a trade bait game. I'm thinking 6th to 7th rounder. Uh, nah. Nah, I don't I don't really see that. I don't really see that. Nope. I don't really know why they would do that. Just for a 6th or 7th rounder? Maybe got maybe, but I would be surprised. I would. I think he did enough at a position where you need some playmaking especially as shorthanded as they are right now with these receiver injuries that we're discussing. I'd be surprised at that. I, I really would. Yeah. Um, it's the last year of his deal, too. Yeah. So, you know,
0: what is his value for real?
1: Yeah. Alberto, tight end with seven balls, 100-plus yards, touchdown, two horrendous coaches. Of course he makes the team. All right. All right. Now, if o is going to make that team, what does a tight end room look like? You've got Adam Trowman who's going to be tight end one. You've got Chris Manhurts, who's going to be your blocking tight end, who's essentially another tackle. And then you've got Greg Dulcich. Outside of that, are you keeping four or five tight ends? Four or five tight ends. I, th- I think you're keeping four. So then does that mean Nate Adkins is going to make it onto the practice squad? I, th- I think that's the most likely landing
0: spot from him. Um, And and again, you probably were keeping three going into last night. But Albert O's performance allows you to make up some ground in the wide receiver room. And he could probably be on like PAT and and fill some of those spots. So you've got, I think you've got a good problem, actually, in that tight end room
1: that can help you in other places. Finally. Right. You finally have that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The other the other piece of news that Mike Cliss mentioned that kind of went under the radar on the broadcast last night is Mike Purcell is expected back this week and the Broncos anticipate having him for week one against the Raiders, which is great news because he was on the NFI list, pretty much all of training camp, which is the non-football injury list. And if you're on that list, you can't participate with the team. So he's been to the side at training camp, doing things on his own. And that's never a place you want to be, but he's going to be in the action back in the mix for week one. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to hear it, but it, but it. Puts one Bronco that's had a great preseason into jeopardy. Which one is that? And Mike Kliss was saying that's Elijah Garcia. Man. Which surprised me. Because yet again, last night, Elijah Garcia stepped up in a big way for the Broncos. On Drew Sanders' interception, and we haven't even brought up Drew Sanders an hour and a half into the show. I, that's a mistake. Drew Sanders, the last two weeks, has really started to come on. But he he has that great pick last night, athletic play. You know, I, I can't even remember. Was it Ripon who threw that? It might have been. It Go might ahead. have been ripping, or or Ben. No, it was Stetson Bennett. When Stetson threw that, he just didn't see Sanders, and then Drew Drew had his eyes on the end zone. His eyes got real wide, and he didn't have that thing high and tight. And embarrassingly, embarrassingly enough, and I'm sure he's going to get some flack for it on film. Stetson Bennett ended up ripping the ball away from Sanders, and it wasn't even that tough of an effort. But guess who jumped on it? Exactly. Guess who jumps on it? Elijah Garcia. Huge play.
0: Hustling. Hustling. Right. And so good things happen to guys like that. He's not as big as Purcell, but he's taller. Right. So you can you you can potentially have some batted balls throughout the season. I just I have a hard time not seeing Garcia make it. And you're right. Drew Sanders made one of those plays that Vance Joseph has talked about in that there's nobody else on the team that can do that. That play, by virtue of him being 6'5", right, he has to go up, climb the ladder and get that ball. You, you, you're not going to have a 6'2 linebacker that makes that play. You only have that in that player. And then he, was pretty, he looked decent running the
1: ball until mm-hmm. he's so, super athletic. You know man. what we might have on our hands here? What's that? Another case of Cecil was right. Yeah. With Marvin Mims and Sanders, by the way. He was saying that Marvin Mims could be one of the better receivers on this team. He actually was saying that he might be the best receiver already. I said, Cecil, relax. I mean, I get it, but just relax. But a lot of quarterbacks without their shirt on. Yeah, yeah. He, see, he sees a lot of everything that sees, but he's right on Drew Sanders. He already has, right next to where Demac has the section, you know, uh, a walled off for Michael Porter Jr. in the Hall of Fame, Cecil has his own little section in Canton for Drew Sanders just waiting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know it. Let me finish, Drew. <laughs> I was really impressed. But here's what Cliff said on Elijah Garcia to get back to that, the reason that Garcia might be in trouble. The Broncos are going to keep. DJ Jones, they're going to keep Zach Allen, they're going to keep Mike Purcell and Jonathan Harris, so there's four guys for you, alright? Outside of that, you're keeping Matt Henningson. we know that, that's five You're probably not going to keep more than six defensive linemen So that comes down to Tyler Lancaster who did not dress last night and Sean Payton after the game talked about holding out 23 players that are going to contribute and Has Tyler Lancaster done anything to you that has caught your eye?
0: No, and it's not even about him. It's about what the other guys have done.
1: So, I, I, why are we having that conversation? Clis brought it up. It took me by surprise. He said, "Look, if we're gonna read anything into the guys that didn't dress, then Tyler Lancaster probably has a pretty good chance to make this team." And I'm sitting over Elijah Garcia, and I'm sitting there going, "What? I don't know, man. I I'll tell you this." If you cut Elijah Garcia, you got a 0% chance of getting him back in the practice squad. Yeah, it's a wrap. I would not cut him. I would cut Tyler Lancaster before I cut Elijah Garcia. I don't, I, I don't know what what value he provides that Elijah Garcia doesn't. I know he's a little bit more of a veteran, but wouldn't you rather go with a younger player who's proven that he might be able to contribute right away? Yeah, and, and so
0: this leads you to believe that, you know, if indeed this is the truth, that there's something else to it. There's a, There's a mental component missing, or there's... Uh, co- uh, connectivity or chemistry issue, there's there's something else besides that that might be leading us to have this conversation because it doesn't make sense because he's been extremely productive in the first three games. I just
1: didn't get it, right? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and then I think when we when we look at the wide receiver room, things are starting to shape up there. Things are starting to shape up there. Lil' Jordan Humphrey, I felt like, came out and earned a spot last night. You and I on the pregame show, on our fan football pregame, were saying, look, you're either going to keep one of Callaway or Lil' Jordan Humphrey. I'd be really surprised if you kept both. And Marquez Callaway, the one with the experience, over 1,000 career receiving yards, to me just, he's been a no-show for the most of camp. Yeah, he was on a milk carton last night, too. I mean, he didn't even play over Marvin Mims or Lil Jordan Humphrey or Brandon Johnson. He didn't see the field until at least the second quarter. And then most of his snaps came in the second half. And if you're playing in the second half of the last preseason game, typically that means you're either auditioning for another team or playing your last half of NFL, quote-unquote, football. Yeah,
0: I I think he finds a landing spot in the NFL. I just don't think it's on this 53-man roster. Uh, Yeah, I I think the receiver room is, is close to short up.
1: I'm interested a little bit in that defensive back room still. All right, you want to talk about that? Yeah, okay. for sure. All right, so you got Sertan. Yep. You've got Damari Mathis and Jaquan McMillan. you got three corners there. Cliss also had Riley Moss clearly making the team, and he also had Traymond Smith. Traymond Smith, for those of you who don't know, and that name might not be familiar, was an off-season transaction that they made, gosh, I want to say two, three months ago. He played for the Texans last year. He returned kicks, and he played corner. Yeah. We haven't seen him used much as a kick returner this year. I think he's had one opportunity in the preseason so far. They've been trying to give Montreal Washington an, a chance to show himself. But Kliss was saying that he believes Traymon Smith is going to make this team, which surprises me because he really hasn't made many plays, and he believes that, that he's going to be the kick returner. And part of the reason for that is the Broncos gave him $2.5 million guaranteed. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those kind of back end deals where
0: again, you haven't seen him make a ton of plays, but there's a value add in the experience that he has in the kicking game. Um and and look, you know, I I didn't hear his name called
1: a lot. So, no. Yeah. No at all. I don't no, I'm just he he played mostly with the third teamers. He did. I I haven't seen it. That would actually be a surprise. And maybe maybe because they would have to just eat the money, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe he ends up making it because they expect him to be that experienced guy, kick returner, and you don't really need any—you don't need Montrell Washington on this team because mm-hmm. Marvin Mims pretty much fills that role. So if he goes south with Marvin Mims or if there's an injury there, he can
0: come in and, and be serviceable for a little bit.
1: Well, I think he's going to—Cliss was saying that he thinks he's going to be the starting kick returner, Trayvon Smith, which— Okay. 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 They gave him two and a half million guaranteed. So you got Patrick Sutan, Kwan Williams, Damari Mathis, McMillan. You've got Traymond Smith, and you've got Riley Moss. Okay, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six corners. Yeah, but what happens with Isang Bassi now? He's Does all the team? Do you cut him? No, I don't think you can. I, I think if you cut him, he'd get picked up.
0: Right. And, so, and listen, and, and how one thing affects the other, right? Which is. These, again, are good problems. I do think you carry the seven, right, because you can use guys on special teams. they got to be willing to do that.
1: But well, my question is this. My question is this. Is there anybody here that you can cut so you can have K-1 Williams on your 53-man roster and then potentially put him on IR the next day? Like, who are who are you not worried about cutting and losing? That's the question that Sean Payton and George Payton are going to have to answer, as well as in the receiver room with Jerry Judy, right? But Jerry Judy's not going on IR. So you kind of have to keep that spot open. There's a couple of those situations on this team that are a little odd. They're Draymond little Smith is the one that doesn't make make a whole lot of sense. They're right. gonna have to play roster construction Jenga, that's for sure. Linebacking core. Let's let's talk about Drew Sanders. You <laughs> you you hear a lot of the time. You hear a lot of times the phrase "He's everywhere. He's all over the field." What what do you what do you think when I say that? He covers a lot of ground and he has a high motor.
0: He's a hustle player. His length is a problem in the middle of the field, and you saw it last night. So, but this is—he is as advertised, and it took a little bit because I, I didn't remember hearing his name a whole lot at the beginning of camp. But now, over the last two weeks, they can't stop saying it. So he start—it sounds like it's starting to click, right? And it might be an opportunity that was presented by Jonas Griffin going out, and now he's getting more reps, seeing more things, and he's got good guys in front of him that you know that and Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell. So it's, it's not like uh um, he has a ton of pressure or even bad tutelage. So it's it's a it's a really good situation for the Broncos to be in.
1: Is Brett Maher, Denver's kicker? Yeah. I had yeah. a moment Did last Did you see Matt
0: Crosby on on uh I think it was Twitter? No. No, what he saying? say? Yeah, he's he's out there kicking. He's, he's basically saying, hey, hey, I'm not on the team, but I'm
1: still getting ready. Oh, Mason ready for- Crosby.
0: Mason Crosby, I'm
1: sorry. Oh, no, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Still, I'm still getting ready. No, I saw Mason Crosby. You know yeah. what he said? He said, you didn't, you didn't see that? You should have picked up on what Mason Crosby said. You didn't see it? I, did, I, I didn't read between the lines. He said, I ain't hard to find. They gave me my new <laughs> That's
0: what
1: he said. I'm coming home. We had heard reports from New Orleans out of Jeff Duncan, and if that name sounds familiar, it probably should. Jeff Duncan was the New Orleans journalist who had the inside skinny on Sean Payton throughout the hiring process. You remember that? The one guy in New Orleans who we kept coming back to who got some things wrong. Oh, you know who he was? Jeff Duncan is the guy that said that Robson Walton was on the hunting trip, which is why he couldn't get back here to interview some of those other candidates. Okay. That was who Jeff Duncan Uh was. Right. So so yeah. Jeff Duncan put it out there that, that the Broncos had been sniffing around Will Lutz, who has been New Orleans' kicker. I believe they have a younger guy there, and they're, they're thinking about moving on. So keep your eyes out, even though Brett Maher kicked well for a Will Lutz deal, potentially, that could materialize here over the next week and maybe even early into the season if Brett Maher struggles again. I'll tell you, if that first game-winning kick or that first kick of the year sales-wide, man, shoot curtains it smashed the controller time you know it's just god dog it i knew this i you that's what sean payton's gonna be thinking he told you who he was you should have believed him right a leopard doesn't change its spots in fact so much so where my subconscious is starting to realize that last night i was watching the game broncos score their first touchdown jaleel mclaughlin punches it in i go to let the dogs outside and as i'm starting to walk towards the door i had this thought in my head it was like wait I should watch this. (laughs) You might want to stick around. You you, you might want to stick around here. He made it. For a routine play. For a routine play. For something that I would never even bat an eyelash at. But unfortunately with Brett Maher, it's just going to be in the back of my mind. And even if he had a great year, I think it would take like 15 weeks of him being primarily nails. Nails, right? For me to actually have trust in him again. But... We'll see how it plays out. That's unfair. Kicker's a, kicker's an unfair position to play, man. You got one job. You're not putting it through the uprights. You're on the street. So hopefully he can continue doing that if he is, in fact, the Broncos' week one starter there. But like I say, keep an eye out for Will Lutz. The fact that his coach believes in him and he's still around, I think is a boost of confidence. Oh, yeah. It, well, Sean Payton believes in his guys. It, yeah. That's why I think even some of these – if Marquez Calloway were to make the team, would you be surprised? Uh <clears throat> Mm -mm. You would, but you wouldn't, right? right? A little bit. You would, but you wouldn't. I'd
0: actually, I hate to say it this way, I'd be a little disappointed. Well, There's probably
1: somebody on the street that deserves to be on the team. Maybe. And cut down day is Tuesday, where, as Steve Levy on the broadcast said last night, 1,184 free agents become free agents on the same day. So there's a big pool, and we'll see. And as Sean Payton mentioned, as Sean Payton mentioned after the game, the Broncos, because of, you know, by nature of their poor finish last year, have the fifth position in the waiver order this year, which is not ideally where you want to be because it means you didn't have a good year the previous year, but it does allow you, you know, one of the first rights of refusal as far as the 32-team league context goes to claim some of these players. So we'll see how it plays out. When we, when we come back, though, I want to take a look at CU and TCU because by the next time you and I talk, I will be coming back from Texas where it's going to be like 105 degrees. Okay. I looked at the forecast last night, was not happy with myself. I was like, you idiot. I got some tips for you. You do? Yeah. About dealing with that Texas heat? All right, sir. Kyle will give me his um, tips to stay hydrated. Is it the three R's replenish, refuel, and rehydrate? Start there. Gatorade taught me that well. All right. More next on Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan.
0: Sports
1: station 104 Three, The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. On the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. Kudos to the Broncos, second and third teams. That one that was an impressive performance. I haven't enjoyed seeing a game that much since our last Super Bowl. Please tell Dmac if we are 2-6 and six out of the gate, that I want to see this team and not the number one team. I hope he has changed his tune after this game. I love the optimism, Texter. I do. I do. And I love the fact that the Broncos can head into the regular season with some momentum. They capped off the preseason on a good note and avoided... Their first winless preseason since their inaugural 1960 year, by the way, there is a little bit of Broncos trivia for you, last night with their win, 41 nothing, they shut out the Rams at home, impressive stuff, uh, we, we, we've got some other great texts on the text line, uh, someone, someone says, move Dolce to wide receiver, that joker role, and keep Alberto at tight end, <clears throat> look, I think there's a there's going to be that Kelsey role start to develop here in this offense, especially early on. I do. I don't know that you have any other choice if you're Sean Payton. It's an arms race, isn't it? And so I think Alberto can, can provide
0: a little bit of ammunition <clears throat> and, again, help you alleviate some of the, uh, the roster problems that you're going to have in the defensive back room and in the wide receiver room. I, I, I think he presented a great problem for them last night. On the sheet, on the tablet, in my mind, God is good. The Mar Hamlin doing fine. When the second minute this hour go to the Almighty Dollar and the Almighty Power of the Constitution, Constitution, Constitution. But the Sunday daughters, father, y'all gonna call me Papa. But my uncle Prime got me up Colorado, he act like Colorado's a foreign country.
1: <laughs> way in Colorado, you've been here all before. the way out there Stop. in Colorado.
0: Stop. Stop, you've been here
1: before. Oh yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. Come on, man. Look. CU and TCU kicks off on Saturday. It's the big noon kickoff on Fox. By the way, by the way, early planning, I was talking to somebody that had DirecTV last night, and they were really pissed off about this. And I said, what's wrong? He goes, yeah, well, I can't watch the game at home because DirecTV doesn't have Fox right now. So if you are planning to watch CU and TCU at 10 a.m. on Saturday, you're going to have to do it somewhere else if you have DirecTV. I hate to break it to you, but unless for some reason in the next week they reach an agreement and maybe over the course of the next 2 weeks they'll work something out because they don't want customers to start leaving if they don't have uh, you know NFL on Fox on Sundays in you know starting in 2 weeks. I just don't know if it's going to be ready. But if for some reason they don't work out a deal, then you're not going to be able to watch the TCU game or the Nebraska game if you have Direct TV, which sucks. Ugh. I, just so, just just plan for it, Directv customers. It, it
0: stinks when the suits get in the way of a good time. Yeah, well, figure but, it out, look, guys. Well,
1: we in Denver here know all too well about how that has played out the last four seasons. Anyway, yes. yeah, enough of that. Enough of that. Enough of that. Okay, Buffs and Horn Frogs, TCU without their starting quarterback, without their best wide receiver, without their leading running back from last year, missing several key members of that national champion runner-up team. They're going to play host to the Colorado Buffaloes. I was looking at the seat map the other night for what I, I can't even remember. It's, I think it's like Amon Carter Stadium or something like that down there at TCU. Okay, the entire lower bowl of the visitors section behind the visitors bench completely sold out. I think the Buffs are going to be really well represented. I think they're going to be really well represented in the stands. But what's it going to look like on the field? I think they're going to be well represented there too. Okay. I do, man. Let's go. They had their last scrimmage of fall camp yesterday, and they were inside. Uh, it rained yesterday, and it was the fields were a little wet. They got to figure that out. I just want to put that out there. They got to figure that out. Like if, if a little bit of rain is pushing you inside, then something's wrong with the drainage down there. Like We need to investigate what's going on. You ought to be outside. You're going to be playing in the elements. I was okay with that in the spring, but it's the fall. Right. Let's go. Right. Let's go. You you're you're telling me you're not worried about what November on a Friday night in Pullman, Washington is gonna be like? That's the one little part of the this this boulder experiment. I'm not sure that, that private staff have really gotten their hands around yet, but they'll learn. They'll learn. When it gets real cold in November, they're gonna learn. When it's snowing in Pullman on a Friday night, November eighteenth, they'll learn. Oh, you're gonna find out today. Uh-huh. You will learn today. What what what's your vibe here? From the Buffs? Yeah, man.
0: I, listen, it, It's there's excitement around the program, and that's exciting in and of itself. I am way nervous about them going on and taking on the uh, the national championship runner-up. It feels even weird saying that. They got spanked so bad in that game. It felt like they weren't even the runner-up. They should automatically go to third or fourth place. Here's the, other,
1: here's the other thing I want to say about TCU. If we put our thinking caps back on... You and I were all over TCU throughout the regular season before they made it there. And how did they make it to the national championship game? Was it, bro, it was a miracle run. Yeah. Don't you remember the fire game. The, Yeah, the the Chinese fire drill field goal unit bring them on with like 20 <laughs> seconds left, like yeah. a 50 yard field
0: goal. They win going away. Yeah, Sunny Dives act like he had planned it that way. Like, I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah man. It's, yeah, it's
1: just, yeah. What we do. <laughs> yeah, but but they they had a lucky horseshoe in their pocket they last did. year, and they were and it ran out. Yeah, yeah. and out. and the quarterback that's going to get the start for them on Saturday is the same kid that only put up seven points in Boulder to open the year last season. That was the only college football game I attended last year. Was CUTCU, yeah, and it was Brendan
0: Lewis, and, and it <laughs> got first, and, it, and it got away from him up there too
1: in the second half. Yeah, in the se- well, yeah, they, they not, had a big punt return. Is that much, kid back? Much different team, That's super fast. Much different team. I mean, this isn't the same team, no doubt. It's not the same program. You can't really take anything from it. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. You gotta start quickly, okay. The the buffs with this hyper-tempo office, offense, if they run into issues this year, it's going to be because they they give up a couple early scores. I don't think that they're going to be out of games if they end up getting into that situation because they have an offense that should be built to come back or play with the lead. But you've got to find a rhythm. What you can't do is go three and out, three and out, three and out. Right, especially running a hyper-tempo offense. It's all about rhythm, Kyle. Especially with an undersized defense that you got questions about up front. Mm-hmm. That,
0: that, that doesn't bode well for you. But I agree with you. Get off to a good start. Um, could, would I be surprised if they mess around and won this in Fort Worth
1: hit, well, this coming weekend? Before, before you answer that, one expert this week happened to think there's a chance.
0: And I guess the knee-jerk reaction would just be automatically, as they were in the final last year, TCU opens up and goes crazy. I'm not going to discount what Deion
1: Sanders is going to do at Colorado and I think it gets started with a win an upset win at TCU Whoa, watch Karen. out Woo-hoo. upset win Randy Cross of CBS Sports Network on the sheet
0: the
1: tablet,
0: talking about upset That's win week one second words come on come on I believe I you believe I, I believe supper, but my Uncle <laughs> Prime got me out <laughs> there way Colorado woo <laughs> <laughs> They, they up, All,
1: right, they, look, they oh, All right, look, we're having fun with it. I don't think that they're going to upset TCU, but they have a puncher's chance. And for Colorado, what more can you really ask for? No doubt. No doubt. All, you know what I need from them? Just cover the spread. What is it right it's now? It's 20 right now, 20 and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Three touchdowns. Yeah, well, Vegas is down. Vegas has the season total over under three and a half. And you get plus money on the overside. It's the most bet total in college football this year, the over three and a half of the buffs. And I'll tell you what, it's not often that I'll say the public got this right and Vegas got this wrong. That's the case here. Okay. As long as, as long as number two stays clean, as long as the buffs should win four games. Man, next Sunday
0: I'm looking forward to it. Right.
1: Well, I'm coming back, so I'm coming back Saturday be, night. So I plan well, to be here next Sunday morning. That ain't news. Although if they pull off that little, <laughs> they pull that little upset off, that little 5:40 uh, p.m. flight there from Fort Worth coming out, might have to get delayed. You might. You're gonna party in Fort Worth, huh? Uh, you never know. You better you, find you, some You never now. know. You never know. You know what I'm saying? You never know. Okay? They're going to take you kindly to that.
0: <laughs> you better find your CU you Buffs corner and celebrate on it. Oh, it's all right.
1: I, I make friends with everybody. Okay. Yeah.
0: Slightly. I got to,
1: you know, scope out what the Big 12 has to offer next season for the Buffs. All right, Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning. The judge, Dan Jacobs, he comes up next. Thanks to Ty Fuji behind the glass. We hope you all join us. And if you missed any of our show today, you can always catch us on the Fan Weekends podcast at denversports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Sunday, y'all.